This week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, I am so excited to have as my guest, Antoinette Blake. Antoinette is widely recognized recognized as a multi-award winning Delaware blogger. She started blogging long before blogging was a cool thing. And she has gone on to become not only a social media strategist, coach and educator, but she also speaks professionally, is a podcast host as well, and also has written a book. She is a jam packed full on entrepreneur who is successful in so many different aspects that I can't wait for us to dive into this week's show, where she not only talks about her journey as an entrepreneur and a second act entrepreneur at that, but also what she foresees as the future of marketing your business going forward. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode with my special guest, Antoinette Blake. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. One of the things I hear most often from clients and um, people that become before they become clients is, I just don't have time to email. I don't have time to email my list every single week. I don't know what to put in the emails. I stare at my computer and it's just looking at a blank screen. I don't know what to put in the email. I'm not creative. I don't know how to write very well. All of these things can be answered with my brand new resource called 365 email prompts. This was created with you in mind. Those people who struggle with what to write, don't know how to show up in the inbox and really don't know what to say to keep the relationship building going. These were written with you in mind. Every month is a new category. And within every category are 30 to 31 prompts for you to choose from. And there's even check boxes next to the prompts so you know the ones that you've used. Now, does it mean you have to send an email every single day? Absolutely not. That would be, <laughs> that would be really, really difficult, even for the pros that are in the email marketing world. But what it does give you is the opportunity to jump between months to mix up your email marketing so that you can have a new topic idea, a new way to get in front of your audience, a new way to start a conversation. And because the prompts are uh, created by month, you could take the whole month of January and do that month for the next however many days you decided to send out an email. So if it was once a week, well, you would have 30 weeks worth of emails just with that one month. And so this email prompt guide resource um, could ultimately give you multiple years worth of email topics if you only emailed once a week. Now, if you decided to up it and go twice a week, obviously you, you would go through those prompts a little bit quicker, but the prompts are there for you to reuse again. So it's limitless what you can do with this email prompt resource. You can find your copy over at alisaconnor.com forward slash email prompts. If you're ready to take charge 
of your email marketing, stop staring at a blank screen and finally be consistent with your email marketing, go get yourself a copy, alisaconnor.com forward slash email prompts. And I will see you in the inbox. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, and I am so excited today to welcome Antoinette Blake to the show. Hello, Antoinette. How are you? Alisa, thank you so very much for inviting me onto your show today. I am so excited you're here. I uh, connected with Antoinette on LinkedIn. So if you're not over on the LinkedIn, that's the place to be, my peeps. Um, So Antoinette, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do. Well, thank you again, Elisa, so very much. I am Antoinette Blake. Most people know me as the DE Diva, a.k.a. the Delaware Blogger. And I am a social media manager, CEO of A. Blake Enterprises Social Media Marketing. And I love working with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and, and what I like to call side hustlers to not only help them engage on social media with their target market audience, but to do so in what I like to say an H to H manner, heart to heart, because we know people don't go to social media to be sold to, they go to socialize. So I love working with our second careers, our encore entrepreneurs, because you know we've done things with newspapers and magazines and radio, but social media can be scary. So that, you know, I help them navigate social media. I'm also a podcast host, so I'm going to have you on my show and a blogger. And again, I am honored to be sharing today's episode with you. And I am so (laughs) grateful you're here. Um, I really choose people. I don't just choose anybody who knows about social media and about blogging. I really was attracted to your package. I'm going to call it your package. That's probably inappropriate, but we're going with it. (laughs) Um, And I think you're going to have a lot of value to offer. But before we dive into kind of the the meat of the marketing, as I like to call it. Tell us a little bit about your, your backstory. Like, I know you're a second act entrepreneur. What did you do before you jumped into this social media blogging gig? And how did you, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. Awesome, thank you. Well, I actually started um, teaching. I received my BS degree in elementary education um, in 1983 from Delaware State College, which is now Delaware State University, yay. Um, and I taught for a whole year. <laughs> the money was terrible. I mean, it was absolutely terrible. At least I could not even pay rent, get gas and eat. So I'm originally from New York. So I said, you know what, let me go back to New York and get a summer gig, just you know, make some money before school started up again. And I was there, long story short, my aunt helped me get into um, corporate America. So I actually applied for while I was there in the summer and received a job offer from IBM. So I worked for IBM for 32 years, 32 years. So I worked for IBM in various locations in New York, in White Plains and Rye and Westchester and Armonk. And But I knew Delaware was my heart. I've always wanted to be in Delaware. So I put in a transfer to come back to Delaware and there was a location here. So again, fast forward to 2018. Actually, the first layoff came in 2005, but they brought me back as a contractor. And the money was good. You know, we're trying to pay those bills, get the kids through school. Um, But I wasn't, it was not, I was, I felt like there was something kind of missing. And at that time, um, my grandmom had moved in with my husband and I and our kids. And 
you know, it was great. And when she passed on at the age of 98, um, I felt I had a lot of time on my hands. And my girlfriend said, because you gave a lot of time to her. So I've always loved to teach. I've always loved to write. So blogging was kind of like, you know, with the mommy bloggers. Remember the mommy bloggers? They were writing about diapers and formula. And I'm like, I'm over 50. What do I write about, right? So I said, hmm, I love shopping with my grandma. And she's the very first one that introduced me to thrifting. So we used to thrift. And I'm like, I still love doing that. So after she passed, I said, let me start a blog, Fashion and Fun After 50. And it was basically about thrifting. And then it just, I kept blogging. I kept loving it. I started teaching it. Again, we go back to the teaching. So I started teaching others how to blog. And it just, it became a natural progression. So with that second layoff in 2018, I had already been building a foundation, right? I had already been doing things part-time. I had registered the business. I'm like, because friends were like, Antoinette, you know so much. You've got to, you know, you got to sell yourself. And as women, we kind of don't do that, right? We just naturally give, 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 give. You know, you want this information? Take it. That's not going to cost you. And so I think with God's plan, it was like, okay, we got to get you lined up. So with that second layoff in 2018, I had already had three years in the game. You know, I had, you know, eight, five, six years before, and I never looked back. I I, I took the unemployment. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to jump and and just keep going. And now at 60, I am like loving this second act. And I love your enthusiasm. And I love that you had, um, such a unique perspective about like how you're going to move forward and thrifting is huge. Like, I think it's even bigger now. And so that, what an interesting uh, transition. I always think the the transitions from like where people were to where they are now are so um, impactful because somebody could be sitting right now in their tech job going, I hate this every single day. And I know there's something better. And now we are inspiring them to say, yes, there is, and you can succeed and you can be good at it. So let's talk about blogging because I'm a big fan of blogging. Some people might say blogging's dead. Like what, what would you say to those people? No. (laughs) Blogging is not dead. I, I wrote, matter of fact, I wrote a a book, the basic blog, uh, basic tips for blogging, right? Um, With, video, TikTok, and all that, and and now with podcasting, people are saying blogging is dead. That is not true. We still want to read and find information. Like just for example, I'm not I'm not doing the the fashion and fun anymore, but I'm still kind of in that lane and promoting of my podcast and my interviews. But think about this. Say, you know, hey Elisa, I want to, you know, put together a crock pot recipe tonight. Okay. So I'm either going to go and read a quick blog post or I'm going to go find a podcast and have to listen to it and go back and get the show notes or watch a video and write things down. Blogging is not dead. People still want paper. People still want to read. I mean, if you're laying on the beach, you want to read, If you whether it's a hard, you know, on your phone or a hard copy book. Blogging is not dead. Don't let anyone ever say that. Well, and so from the technical perspective, which is a lot of times where I come in, um, just now, like as of the last couple of months, Google has finally started to put video into search. Well, 
it's slow going people. So if you think that you're going to get search results for your website from video, you're going to, one, you're going to have to make sure they're all transcribed, but uh -huh. two, like the actual words will always outperform the audio or the video on search results. Even if you go up and, and look at search results, you can see videos are starting to come in, but most of those search results are either paid for, for through ads or um, they are directly followed by a blog post or some sort of written content. So um, what do you say to people that like maybe have their fingers in several things? Like maybe they're doing audio, they're doing a podcast, and then they have a, a blog to go with that. Is it, is, is it important to have all of those things? And if it is, which one should be their primary focus? That, that is a great question. And as a matter of fact, I was speaking with a client just yesterday on this topic. Um, they have a website um, and they have a podcast, but they want to transcribe the content of their podcast into a blog so that they can share that with their newsletter or their email um, uh, uh, contact. Because remember, you know, not everyone is on the same platform. Not everyone is going to be on YouTube or TikTok or Snapchat or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. But I dare you to find anyone that doesn't have an email address. And if you can get into that email box, you've got them. Now, yeah, okay, the open, the click rate might be low. Um, they may not read it all the way through. They may delete it, but you're in that box. And you're giving, you have a better chance of your content being seen in a written blog than on a URL that's on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram because those feeds are so quick. So I had suggested to them is to, yes, have your podcast transcribed because you may be offering um, information that's clickable or have you know, a bio to your guests, which when you're listening to a podcast, unless you're writing, which is really not common, people are not listening to a podcast and writing, they're walking, they're doing the dog, you know, whatever they're so that blog can be a perfect companion too. So if you say, ah, I really don't like to write, I like to talk. Well, either you transcribe it or have someone transcribe it for you and give that option because we're inundated 24 seven, 365 with content, but give the, your audience an option to either read it or listen to it or both. And you can't go wrong. I agree. And, you know, email is my language. You just spoke my love language. So I'm all about building your email list, especially in the world we live in. Because if you, like you referenced, things move so quickly, not only within the platform, but which, with which platform is actually happening right now. Mm -hmm. And things can happen if you put so much of your energy into that platform and you're not actually moving people off of that platform within that platform, you can be in big trouble really quick. And you've seen it on YouTube, you've seen it on Instagram, where these people create these huge accounts, and they build their business on that platform. And then YouTube goes, Oh, wait a minute, you're making too much money, we're going to change the rules. And then people are shocked and flabbergasted because they lose all their followers, or they shut down their channel or whatever that is. And so I think not only email, but creating some sort of content hub, on your yeah. website is critical. And so I really like that you mentioned that um, 
you know, that we we need to be focusing on that with our marketing strategy. But also the other thing that from a teacher perspective that I liked that you mentioned is like not everybody learns the same way. So giving them multiple options to watch the video, to read the blog post, to listen to the audio, you have the opportunity to not only get in front of them once, but to ensure that you are meeting them with their learning style. And a lot of times people will absorb things better when you give them multiple opportunities to see it, focus on it, hear it, whatever it is, because if you meet them where they're at, they're going to remember who you are. You are spot on. You you hit on two things I want to piggyback on. I always tell people, you never, ever, ever, never build your business on a free platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, none of them, because if they shut down, where does your business go? So you want to own your content, whether it is a website, whether it is a blog, whether it is a podcast, whether it's a brick and mortar, and you use those free platforms to drive people to the website, to the blog, to the brick and mortar. Do not leave. Uh, thank you. You just, you know, yay, high five, virtual high five. You know, and again, the second thing you said that I, again, totally agree. People have different learning styles. That's why I talk to, and I'm trying to even, you know, and I see it, it's slow. It's a slow engine because podcasting is still in its infancy. People think, you know, they hear podcasts all day, every day, but what, a million podcasts versus 650 million blogs, right? That's infancy. So in today's world, we have to get to the kids, right? So schools should start having podcasts as part of their curriculum. Because I don't know about you, but I don't like sitting on Zoom all day. That is like the worst, right? It mm -hmm. also makes the playing field uneven because look at you, you have a beautiful background. Look at me, I have a cute background, but wonder if I'm in an environment and my background is not cute. It's not nice. I don't want that out there. So if you had that lesson plan, that same lesson plan that you have here, and then the child can listen to it later on in a room, on the bed, on the floor, on the basketball court, you're getting to them in another way, in a way that may be even better for them. So I'm so glad you said those two things, because I totally, totally agree. You and I are like, you know, sister souls, like we're so in this together, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, and the other piece, uh-oh, we have an echo. The other piece um, I think that is really important is that we sometimes think as business owners, we put something out there, everybody sees it, but they don't. Like, you could put it out four, five, six, seven times. In fact, I just heard yesterday on a podcast, irony, yes, I listen to podcasts too, um, that if you don't feel like you're repeating yourself, you're not saying it enough. Because you may think in your own brain, like I've said this so many times that everybody's got to be sick of hearing it by now. But the reality is, is that like they might hear it every fourth time, every 10th time, People are busy, they're distracted. And just because you keep saying it doesn't mean they keep hearing it every time. 
And so I think anytime that we give them the opportunity to hear that message again and again, so maybe they listen to the podcast and then maybe they go to the blogs, there's something interesting they wanted to look up. That's twice you've gotten in front of them. And what people don't take into consideration is that every time they have an interaction with you, if it's positive and it's providing value, they're going to start remembering who you are. And the other thing I wanted to kind of springboard off of that you said um, that maybe it wasn't even intentional, but there is this fallacy in the world of entrepreneurship that things have to happen really, really fast. And anybody that's been in entrepreneurship for a while, and it's, I know you have, and I have, and I have a lot of cohorts that I have. um, That's not always the case. In fact, more often than not, that's not the case. And just like anything else, it, for example, if you're building a building, it does the building go up in 24 hours? Of course not, because you have to create plans. You have to get um, people to design what you want to have there. You have to get permits. You have to get the supplies. You have to hire workers. And people don't think like that's the exact same steps you have to take to build a business. And this is one of the steps. And so oftentimes when we're talking about content, we're talking about social media and we're talking about jumping on board to promote your business, um, people try to do all the things. And what advice would you give to people that are just starting out or that maybe are six months in and they've realized, hey, I need more customers, but I also know that I need to spend my time wisely with marketing. What would you tell them to focus on? What would you tell them to do on a regular basis? And that's a really good question because, you know, people think an overnight success doesn't take it overnight. It's like five to seven years before you even see anything. Um, When you're ready to make that leap into entrepreneurship and it's tough, it's tough. Don't fall into the imposter syndrome. Just because you see someone else doing it great. That's them. That's their gift. Let them, you know, live in their gift. Live in your gift. What are you good at? Are you good at creating a blog post every day, every two days, whatever? What is meant for you is meant for you. Now, I'm not saying sit on your backside and do nothing, but you know what's best for you. You know how you need to understand how to balance yourself. So, I, you know, I just I'm 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 so sick of these gurus and these experts and all these people that say you got to get up at five o'clock in the morning and you got to work out and you got to do this. No, that doesn't work for me, especially as an encore entrepreneur. Girl, I used to get up at five and six in the morning. I don't need to do that. 830. I'm rolling out of bed. What? No, (laughs) No. I don't need. I know what works for me now. If something is not working for me and I need to make an adjustment, I will do that. So if I find, okay, I really don't have uh, a lot of time to write, but I'm watching television for two or three hours before I go to bed. Well, then you got to make that sacrifice, right? Because we know that working a nine to five under someone else who's telling you what time to come in, what time to go home, what time to take lunch, what time you go on on vacation, you know, what work you need to be done and how much they're going to pay you. you Line, you've done that. You know, I did that for 32 years. Right? I always laugh and I tell my husband, you know, I, I was on the plantation for 32 years. I came in. I, I mean, that's true. They tell you everything. So now you've got to tell yourself, 
this is what I really want to do. This is my passion. I don't care if it's cooking, you know, baking, candlestick making. I don't care what it is. You have to remember you've got to put in just that as much effort into that as you did for someone else. Now, here's a problem. Our younger generation are making new rules. And that's fine because that's going to work for them. But for us, we have to do things just a little bit different. So don't fall into the traps of trying to be like somebody else, you know, following, you know, I'm, hey, no offense to any guru, any expert, any coach, any men, no, but it has to work for you. When you lay head to pillow, you have to be comfortable because I don't believe that God has put us in this earth to work hard all of our lives, whether it's for someone else or for ourselves, just to simply drop dead or have be unhealthy. So take your time, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, because there's going to be sleepless nights. There's going to be tears. There's going to be, you know, I just want to give up, but you can't. Because if it's your passion, you know, do what you love, love what you do, and success is inevitable. Will it take five to 10 years? Yeah. So what? It's going to happen. I love that. I don't know what is up with this microphone. You just use one of my favorite quotes, which is your success isn't enough is inevitable. And I agree with that too. And a couple of things. So you just touched on so many things that uh, I talk about quite often on my show. But one is that there's nobody that's going to do what you do the way you do it. And I think we get into this fear motion. And we also think, you know, I got to do this and it's got to be done in a year so that I can make six figures. Well, the people that are telling you six figures in six months, probably if they've done that for anybody, if uh, it was a fluke and more so, um, I think that, you know, this hustle mentality that has been, I am not a 5am or either like seven, seven o'clock's good. Like the sun's up, the birds are singing, I'm good. But I think that you have to figure out what works for you and you also have to align that with the goals that you want to reach. So if you, maybe your first year of business, your goal is to make $25,000. Some people would poo-poo that, but that's really good money. If you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of clients. And so aligning with not only what your goals are, but why you want to reach those. Because a lot of times I feel like we jump into, hey, I want to make six figures because that's what everyone else is telling us that we should be doing. But in reality, maybe you don't need six figures. So I think that the other thing is, is like, you have to be aligned with, you know, why do you want to reach the goals that you want to reach? And is it your, your actual want, or is it somebody else influencing what you think you should want? And that's one of the things I would have to say about future generations is they're much more in tune with like, why do I need all this money? Like, they don't think that way. And they think like, It's less about accumulating things, which was 100%, I think, the focus of our generations. Uh I think we're pretty close in in age um, because that's, you know, our parents and grandparents came out of the Great Depression and so they didn't have a lot. And so they they wanted to, you know, reach to have more things. Uh But in the, the, the upcoming generations, that's not their focus. Their focus is on experiences and living in the moment. And so when you tell them they have to show up at a work, at a job for 40 hours, they're like, no, nah. maybe, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> and then people are like, why don't we have enough employees? I'm like, well, because you've been treating employees like crap yep. for about 50 years. 
Exactly. And now the next generation will have none of it. So you're either going to compensate that comments, compensate them with some kind of benefits with pay or with time, or they're not going to do it. And they don't care if your company fails. Whereas we, I feel like we were always like, Oh, we got to do it for the man. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case anymore. So And then the last thing I wanted to say about what you said was, I think the other thing is, is that, you know, we become entrepreneurs because we want more than anything, time freedom. We don't want to to show up. I always think of of the office where they're just like drudging in and they don't, they don't want to be there. And then, you know, um, they're in this position where they have to be there because they've got the mortgage or whatever it is. And like, we leave that. So that we can get up at seven o'clock, go for a walk in the morning. And like, we forget that, um, you know, we don't have to hustle, hustle, hustle just because everyone else is telling us that. And then one last thing, and then I'm going to throw it back to you. But I think the other thing is, is like, I don't know about you when you're in corporate, but most of the time in corporate, even if you're there for eight hours with all the interruptions, all the meetings, all the people that are at the water cooler, you never got eight hours of work in. And so one of the things I found when I started as an entrepreneur is like, I could get a day's work worth of work done in four hours Mm -hmm. or less. Mm -hmm. And so you are still working hard for yourself. And I just, I want to say that to people to kind of motivate them and inspire them, not feel like, oh, I got to do eight hours. I got to do eight hours. Because if you're doing eight hours of work as an entrepreneur, but not focusing on the right things, you're spinning your wheels. So you don't want to do that either. And uh, Alyssa, that is so true because I'm thinking that it's like we were raised to think eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, every, you know, one week or two weeks off for vacation. And that was it. Weekends, you know, a few little chores and family time and you squeeze that in. But that mindset is gone. And it should be because people are more important than you know the product i'm sorry i mean i understand and and because there are 24 hours in a day just because you're not working the traditional nine to five doesn't mean you can't work you know other hours so i just i was showing my son something the other day i was looking at a TikTok video about the millennial work day yeah they roll out of bed two minutes before they walk downstairs or they walk into the kitchen or and they do a little bit of thing they go throw scroll through their reels they do two hours of work that's for a week like a week's work in two hours they take a nap they may watch reels again and they're done and i'm like that's pretty cool like i like that you know you guys are smart work smart not hard I agree. Um, Okay, so before we wrap things up, I just a couple quick fire questions. One is, do you have a favorite business book that you usually recommend to people that you would like to tell our audience about? No, no, not one. I've read many. I mean, Who Moved the Cheese? I've got a Les Brown books. I mean, there's books out there. I'm not a reader. (laughs) You know, I look my favorite show, The Twilight Zone, right? You know, time uh, enough time at last with Burgess Meredith, where all he wanted to do was read. He read voraciously. He read, 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 read. I'm not a reader. I'm quick. I'm like I'm. I'm on social media, so I'll read something real quick, or I'll, I'll, you know, watch something real quick. But no, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. No, there's not a business book out there 
that I could recommend for someone to read. Do you have a favorite podcast other than your own that you regularly tune into? Well, it's going to be yours. You know that, right? So it will be yours. But actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I will, uh, you know, I, I, I spoke at um, an event um, right before Memorial Day. Yeah, right before down in Atlanta. And there were a lot of podcasters that were talking about various subjects. And one gentleman, and I can't read, I'm sorry that I can't remember things, talked about um, diabetes. And I am a type 2 diabetic. So I listen to informational um, podcasts, not entertainment. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can be entertained um, watching TV, but if I'm going to pop those earbuds into my ear, and again, that's what I tell people about the importance of a podcast is that intimate relationship. When I'm popping those earbuds into my ear and you're locked into my brain, I want to walk away with something worth something. I'm not into crime and, you know, true passion and all that. So I, you know, if I'm listening, it's going to be a health related one or a marketing related one, but there's not one that I say I have to listen to every day. I like to just go through and see what pops up and then listen. Awesome. Okay. So one last question knowing that you focus on blogging and you also focus on social media, let's look three years down the line. Where do you think is going to be the place to show up either on social media or in blogging or both for businesses? I think for a business owner. Okay. Of course it's going to, it's going to, your product or your service is going to determine, you know, because again, you think about the various platforms. If you're a visual, uh, if you have a visual product, of course, you want to be on Instagram or Pinterest. That's where the visuals are. Um, influencer marketing, you know, that that was a term that was so unique when I started blogging. Now it's like, I think they give you a degree in influencer marketing now, right? Um, three years from now, I'm going to still be blogging. I'm probably still going to be podcasting because I love leaving my legacy. So as a business owner, I think that if you decide not to do a blog, you are missing out because a website is static. It very rarely changes, right? It, you got the, the header, you got, you know, where you're located, you got your sale. But when going back to what we first started, the SEO, the search engine optimization, how are people going to find you if they don't know you? And a blog is something that's living. You're adding content consistently if you're doing it correctly. And that is going to show up when people are starting looking for it. If they ask their artificial device, if they, they Google, if they Yahoo, if they Bing, if they Yelp. So a blog is that you definitely need something that's going to be continuously updated and shared. Use those free platforms to share. But it has they has to see there has to be some activity. And that's that's not gonna change. Not in three years. That's not gonna change. So I think business owners who do not have a blog should have a blog. And if they don't wanna have a blog, then they should have a podcast that they're promoting on a regular basis because your product is changing. Coke and Pepsi and Nike, all they're they're continually updating, and they're you know it, you, it's funny you said something about um, repetition. I'm pretty sure you and I can hear a jingle from a commercial like 30 years ago, and it will instantly be taken there. That's why you have to continue 
over and over. You think Pepsi said, oh, you know, we, we already said that a million times. Who cares? A million more times, a million more times, and a million more times. So now when I think, you know, um, I'm not even going to do a jingle because I'm not promoting anybody today. But when I think of that jingle, I'm like, that's the store. That's the podcast. That's the blog. So a business owner, to answer your question is, yes, please, business owners, if you do not have a blog, you need to do something that is living and it's not going to be on a free platform. It's not. This metaverse is, I don't know what's happening. I'm not happy. I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to take on any more Facebook clients. I really don't. I really, really don't. So please think about getting a blog or a podcast and so that you can have constant, continuous content. I love that. And I, there's a couple things that I wanted to pull out just to like, uh, jump off of that for a little bit. And one is, is a lot of people don't know that when you put your website up, Google will come and it ranks your website. If you never add anything else on there, like a blog post, it, Google's not coming back. And so regularly posting content, and that was, I was going to say is being consistent, whatever you're going to do, you sign up for a goal once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever it is, and be consistent. Because just as you said, there's only a million podcasts out there, which seems like a lot. But when you're comparing it to 650 million blogs, it's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. But what I find is people start a podcast, they go and do like six episodes, and then they realize this is a lot of work. And then you never, those podcasts are gone. Well, they're still ranking out there because they're still out there because they did those first few episodes. But a good majority of people that have jumped on the podcast bandwagon are not consistent, have not been consistent, and are no longer using that platform. And so those numbers are also skewed. So if you think you might be thinking, oh, it's too late to get into the podcast game, it is totally not too late. Just like it's not too late to get on YouTube and start a YouTube channel. But again, just like you said, Antoinette, make sure that whatever it is you're doing out there in the world, it's going back to the home base, which is your website and your email marketing. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today. It's been so great having you on the show. I appreciate having you here. Is there um, any place in particular that my guests can go to learn more about you? Oh, sure. And again, thank you. Thank you so very much for sharing your platform with me today. Um, I can't wait to have you on my platform as well. And again, if anyone would like to connect with me, I have a Linktree ID, which will list all my social um, at A. Blake Enterprises. So it's just A. Blake Enterprises, you know, Linktree ID, and that will take you to everything. My, you know, my podcast, my blog, my blog, my books, everything. Perfect. And I will make sure those are all linked up in the show notes so that people can just click on that, which you can find over at my blog. So thanks so much for tuning in this week to the Second Act Entrepreneur Show. And thank you, Antoinette, for being our guest. And in the meantime, take care, stay safe and be well. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries. We've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode, you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com forward slash podcast.